Chapter 168 of Varney the Vampire, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chessy. Varney the Vampire, Volume 3, by Thomas Prescott Prest. Chapter 168. The Night in the Fisherman's Hut. The Midnight Feast of Blood, The Chase and the Gunshot. The stranger, as he lay, listened to the sounds that were emitted by, and occasionally opened his eyes to gaze upon the flames as they ran upwards. He watched the forked tongues as they played about the faggots, and then turned his eyes towards the various parts of the apartment as it was now and then illuminated with its warm glare. What might have been his feelings after his escape, it is difficult to conjecture, for he appeared not inclined to sleep, but to gaze about him and keep watch over the fire, which every now and then blazed up afresh. And his mind appeared to be intent upon something else than merely thinking of the past. There was too much of inquiry and curiosity about it. The time has come round again, he muttered, my blood requires renewal, my strength renovation, and no element will do that but maiden's blood. A horrible expression of countenance came over him that must have caused a feeling of horror to have crept through the veins of any one who might have been near to see him. But, as it was, he was alone, and there was no one to be terrified. Yes, yes, I must have that supply, Else, though the sea may give up its dead, and the earth refuse to cover me, yet I may sink into that sleep I would so willingly escape from. Then, indeed, I should suffer what I cannot bear to think of. Yet, how near have I been to that death from which I have believed it impossible to return? But yet the moonbeams have found me, and I have again been reanimated, and a horrible appetite has returned which must have its periodical meal, its terrible and disgusting repast. It must be done, ay, it must be done. As he muttered, his lips met, and his long tongue was occasionally thrust out, as if he were anticipating the pleasures of the feast. Yes, yes, this very night must renew the life that has been this night restored to me. I must make a fresh attempt. I think, he said, his daughter lay in yonder chamber. In another hour, I will adventure upon this scheme. His eyes were fixed upon the door, which he appeared to watch and examine with the utmost care and avidity. He watched, however, for some time, and the flames appeared to subside, and the embers gave out a dull red glare and some warmth. Now is the moment, he muttered, as he rose softly from his bed. Now is the moment. All are asleep, and stillness reigns around me. I will go and ascertain if all be quiet, and then to my midnight orgies. A feast that shall restore me to my life, my former self. He crawled out of the bed and stood upright for a moment and listened. And then, with a noiseless step, he crept to the door of the fisherman's bedroom, and then listened for some seconds, and muttered as if he were satisfied. Yes, yes, 
they sleep sound enough and will not readily awaken. He then took a small cord and tied the handle of the door to a nail on the post, so as to offer an impediment to egress from the sleeping room, and then he went towards the other which the fisherman had told him belonged to his daughter. He paused and listened at the door for a few moments, and then he said, Yes, yes, that is the maiden's chamber. That is sure to be her chamber. Her father said so, and I have no reason to doubt he told the truth, since he had no cause to lie. Here, then, is the casket that contains all my treasure, the elixir vitae of my life, the undefiled blood of a maiden's veins. He tried the door, but it was secured on the inside. This, for a moment, disconcerted him, and he took a moment or two to consider what best could be done and at length he saw a small chink in the wall, which he approached. Then, peeping in, he saw that if he could enlarge the hole, he might push his hand in and open the door by undoing the fastenings. This was effected by means of a chisel which happened to be lying near at hand. Then he opened it and thrust in his hand and withdrew the bolt that held the door and quietly opened it. With cat-like caution he approached the bed where the fisherman's daughter lay. She was a beautiful girl, scarce eighteen, and, by a consent of all, the queen of the place, in respect of beauty. With greedy eyes, the vampire approached the bed on which lay the form of the sleeping maiden, and gazed upon her fair white neck and bosom, heaving with the sleeper's breath, and then, as if he could contain himself no longer, he eagerly bent down over her, and then, as her face was turned on one side, his lips and teeth approached the side exposed. A scream ran through the fisherman's hut that awoke its inmates in an instant, and which, though it banished sleep, yet it gave not a power of thought. "'Help! Help! Help!' screamed the maiden. "'Tis Mary!' said the fisherman. Surely. Hasten and see what tis that ails her. She never would scream so, unless in utmost peril. Hasten and see. Help! Help! Again screamed the maiden, as she struggled in the arms of the monster who kept her in his powerful grasp, while he sought the life current that crimsoned her veins with horrible desire. The door is secured. Damn! muttered the fisherman. What does this mean? Give me my gun down while I force the door. The old woman handed down the gun while the fisherman put his strength to the door, which quickly gave way and flew open. Here is your gun. Be quick, but do not be too hasty in its use. See to Mary and the shipwrecked voyager. Who secured my door, dame, but he? The door! I, I remember. Hasten! Help! Help! again shouted or screamed Mary, but not in so loud a voice as before. She was getting weaker, and just as the fisherman emerged into the large room, the faggots fell together and gave forth a sudden blaze, and in an instant the whole place was lighted up, and the fisherman's eyes sought the couch of the stranger whom he had lodged, but the bed was empty. "'Gone!' he muttered. "'Gone!' He turned his head in the direction of his daughter's bedchamber, 
and saw the door was open, and he heard a struggle and a sucking noise. Ha! he muttered, and rushed in, exclaiming, What means this noise? Who calls for help? The appearance of the fisherman was so opportune and so sudden, and so intent was the vampire upon the hideous meal, that he did not hear the approach of the fisherman, and it was not until the latter shouted that he turned and saw him. "'Treacherous and ungrateful villain!' said the fisherman, who was almost powerless from terror and astonishment. The vampire turned and dropped his victim on the bed, while he endeavoured to pass the fisherman. But the act recalled him to himself, and he made a blow at him with the butt-end of the gun. But the vampire jumped back, and the blow missed its intended object, and they both closed for a struggle. The fisherman, however, found that he had one to do with whose strength was even greater than his own, however great that might be, and in a moment more he was thrown down, and the monster rushed across the outer room, oversetting the fisherman's wife, and forcing open the outer door, he fled. "'I am thrown,' said the fisherman, rising, "'but not done for. Mary, are you hurt?' "'Oh, my God! My God!' exclaimed the poor girl. "'He had begun to eat me and suck my blood. I have the marks of his teeth in me.' "'I'll have revenge upon him yet.' "'Nay, father, he's some monster. Do not go.' "'No, no,' said his wife. "'No, husband, do not attempt it. "'Strong he is. He may do you a mischief.' "'I know,' said the fisherman. "'He has thrown me, and he has abused my hospitality. "'He is not fit to live. "'He has not, however, any means of fighting against the contents of my gun.' I have got that loaded, and will punish him. Be he man or devil, I will make the experiment of following him. All this took place in less time than it takes to relate it, and the fisherman rushed out of his hut to follow the stranger who had acted so badly. It was now early dawn, and though the wave still lashed ashore in angry violence, and kept up a ceaseless roar, Yet the sky betrayed none of the signs of yesterday's storm, but was serene and calm, and not a cloud was to be seen. Nothing but a dim, grey night pervaded all space. There was just light enough to see objects moving about, and when the fisherman got outside the hut, he saw, about a hundred yards or better before him, the form of the stranger, making for the woodland at the height of his speed. The fisherman hastened to intercept him, which, however, was unnecessary, for another, coming from that quarter, turned him, and he fled towards the sea, whither he was followed, and, when up on the cliffs, the fisherman fired, and the vampire fell over, and was supposed to have been drowned. End of chapter 168